Hello and welcome to Nikon Report, your weekly roundup of all the latest Nikon news and all other announcements that we found interesting. It's Constantine here and here is Becky. All right, we're at number 36 now, just of the photography show. That's right, the morning after the photography show. The show of them all. What do you think about it? I'm exhausted, but <laughs> it was great, actually. I mean, we concluded, I think everybody said, oh, it's a bit smaller, but it was still very busy. That's true. It was very enjoyable. I think that they had a wide range of photography genres to be catered for. That's true, from cameras to printers to some analog equipment. Yeah, to, you know, street photography, walking tours, to even a few safari uh, places, which would be interesting. Hopefully those will start back up again. That's true. So we've done some filming in there. So that video hopefully should be out sometime this week. Uh, do check it out. <laughs> Editor permitting. Um, yeah, that will come out as a, another vlog. So you can get a little tour around the photography show if you weren't able to make it. And you can see how many times we accosted the Nikon staff <laughs> and asked them that all important question. Where is the Z9? That's right. The only mission I had for that day. That's right. Trying to find one. <laughs> all right. Well, since the Z9 is not here, mm. uh, let's talk about 40 mil. Yes, because that is here. Yes. And last week when we did our podcast, uh, it, it was actually announced the following day after we recorded it. And we hadn't realized that it was going to be announced the next day. So lots of speculation. And then there it was. So... What we know so far is that this lens is due to ship hopefully on the 30th of September, which means we should have stock fairly soon. We've already got pre-orders open on the website. So if you're interested in one, do let us know. But they had a sample at the photography show. That's true. That's true. It's very nice. It's uh, seen places. So the shape it was. Yeah. It looked like uh, someone was playing baseball with it. It had definitely been well used by the time it arrived at the show, I think, or during the show. It had had a bit of a, a beating. But even then, with the few little samples, I mean, obviously it was a it's a pre-production model. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't have a memory card in the camera. But the shots that I was taking on demo, the shallow depth of field at F2... And the sharpness was so impressive. I was That's very true. impressed. I mean, I was really simple, you know, taking something in the middle of the frame mm -hmm. and just looking at what, what it looked like. Okay, well, have a look at that video from the photography show uh, because I think I was filming how you were taking a live view from yeah. the camera or something like this. So okay. because it's going to be shipped by the end of the month, I, we've heard that it's actually started to ship from the Netherlands, from the main warehouse, from Europe to UK dealers. So hopefully they'll arrive on time. And uh, well, we have quite a pre-order list for this one. So hopefully everyone gets one. We do. Yes. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, for some of you who haven't seen the lens yet and just want to kind of have a hands-on with it, uh, Richie Serra uh, published uh, his uh, first look at the lens, and he is normally quite meticulous with the, all the autofocus functions, the sharpness and the depth of field, etc., etc. Yeah. So do check his video out. And then Matt Irvin as well uh, had a first look at the lens as well. So do check it out on his YouTube channel. Very nice. Now, Nikon Rumors published also the size comparisons right. with other lenses. So if you want to see how small the lens is, it's a quite a good comparison because then they compare it with, let's say, 518S lens with 2470, mm. and it's about half the size. It is very tiny. It is, and it's about 100 gram, isn't it? So it's so Super tiny. Super lightweight. I think it's smaller than the 51.8G. It is, yeah. Uh, in terms of size. And also, I mean, I didn't check, you know, the circumference diameter or anything like mm -hmm. that, but it did feel very light in the hand. So I think it's going to be one of those lenses. That with the 28mm, when that comes out on its own, they're 
they're going to be sort of have them in your pocket ready to go lenses. That's true. And then as well, nine blades in such a small lens. The bokeh on this lens is beautiful. It's super round, super smooth. For the lens that is priced at £249, I think it's quite an achievement. Yeah, I think this is going to become the standard lens uh, for Z photographers, you know, if you want the standard nifty 50, it's now going to become a naughty 40. <laughs> it's going to become a, a 40 mil standard. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And it's 170 grams, not 100, but still very, very small, uh, 52 millimeter diameter. So yeah. you probably already have a filter for it. Exactly. Okay. Well, we're going to come back to Z9 a little bit. Uh, our takeaway from photography show is that obviously Z9 has been delayed. Yeah. And Canon R3 has been announced last week. And my assumption was that Z9 would come out around the same time frame. For some reason, in September, we see all the announcements, not just from camera manufacturers, but also from phone manufacturers. Look at the Apple, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So it seems like it has been delayed. And the question is when really, do you think it's going to be released by the end of this year, at least let's say one camera shipped? Mm. Or do you think now it's going to be released sometime in January, February? My feeling is that they will announce the specs at the end of the year mm -hmm. and then it will be end of January sort of sales start date. Some That's... sort of Christmas presents. Mm, yeah, you go I think the specs, so. Uh... But the tricky thing is that I think that the Nikon staff already know mm -hmm. these things and they obviously can't say anything because everyone's NDA'd and that makes total sense. But you could tell even when we were talking to them about the Z9, there was a lot of enthusiasm about it, but a lot of, it's great, I can't say anything. You know, that's that's it. Just watch this space. Yeah, exactly. For so another three months. They're really, really trying to uh, keep a lid on it and it's quite tough for them, I understand. That's true. <laughs> we had people from smiling at us to running away from us with this question. <laughs> like, oh no, don't ask me about the Z9. So yeah, I do hope that we will see the specs because as far as I know, the specs were finalized pre-Olympics. That's what we heard, right? Yeah. So it's it's more a matter of did something happen that Nikon went, oh, maybe we can't manufacture this right now or maybe mm -hmm. something needs to change. There's many reasons why it could be delayed, but I have a feeling it's more to do with the manufacturing. That's true. So I think that the usual suspects are semiconductor shortage mm. and uh, just difficulties, you know, manufacturing during the COVID time. So yeah. That's that's kind of option one. Option two would be the feedback from Olympics. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Maybe the Olympics photographers said, oh, actually, it needs to have blah in it. And they had to do a whole kind of redesign of some particular piece of software or something. That's true. Joe McNally said, I just want a 200 megapixel sensor. And then <laughs> and they, they went, like, went, OK, yeah, let's go, go back to the drawing board. <laughs> so um, so we don't know the reason why, but I really do hope that we see the specs before the end of the year. Now that Canon have gone his our offering That's maybe true. maybe nikon were just waiting for canon to do that so that they could go ah well we're going to do something better 24 megapixels not good enough <laughs> uh, but the funny thing is uh, you know when r3 came out and you go to the comment sections on different websites dp reviews one of them and people say well my a1 uh, has a whatever 60 megapixel sensor and mm -hmm. it's smaller why r3 is big and it only has 24 megapixel sensor yeah. and then you think well they don't really relate to each other the size and the megapixel pixel you know it's, count doesn't doesn't really matter like comparing apples with onions that's true <laughs> they do yeah. different things and who likes onions anyway <laughs> uh, 
but it is an interesting one. It's uh, it's interesting to see the feedback. Obviously, R3 is not going to be their flagship camera. They obviously reserve the space for R1, mm. and I think that would be the main competitor of Z9, yeah. whichever both come out. But R3, it's uh, one of those things that it's, it's a professional camera with obviously very uh, high specifications and fast also focus, yeah. which is aimed for photographers who need the camera now and for whom 24 megapixels is more than they need, really. So. Exactly. It's not that uncommon for us to be asked, look, I am a sports photographer. I need something that has fast reaction time for football, or for motorsports, what is the best camera that my money can buy? I don't need the 45 megapixels. That's true. The 50 is not suitable in that situation. So, yeah. Absolutely. There we go. All right. The next one up, we have couple of news that happened in UK this week. So the first one up, so we talked about different colored ZFC versions. On the uh, Nikon Europe store. On Nikon Europe store. So those are available for pre-orders. Now, last week, we've heard that ZFC Grip, the official Grip from Nikon, is also available for pre-order. We don't know the date yet, but now it's available to pre-order from dealers. So yeah, if you need one and you don't want to get, let's say, a small rig one, which we also mentioned last week, then do give us a call and place an order. Absolutely. It will be live on the Grays Westminster website by the time you're listening to this or watching this as well. So you can do it that way. That's true. The next one up is a bit of a sad one. Sad, sad day. The D750 has officially been discontinued in the UK. It is sad. The yeah. camera came out in 2014, September 2014. So if you think about it, it was exactly Gosh, seven years old. That's been a long time ago. I you know, know, it's been a while. R3 came out last week and it <laughs> has the same resolution count. <laughs> Just kidding. But anyway, this is not a comparison between the R3 and the, no, Z absolutely. And the D750. Well, D750, well, for me, it wasn't the camera because I was a more of a D800 person. I know that you switched from your D700 to D750 and it stayed with you for quite some time. It did until I eventually gave in and upgraded to the D850 a few years ago. Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, the D750 was my go-to camera for concerts, for uh, weddings, for all kinds of things, and just for day-to-day -day shooting. I think it was the happy medium between the high-resolution sensor and just being excellent in low light. The, there was, I had no complaints about it. That's true. And you know, at the time when D750 came out, people said, well, it's not really a D700 replacement. Mm. And then D810 came out as well. And they say, well, I want a D810 built quality mm. with a, a resolution of 750 and the size of it. And that's what people thought is going to be kind of replacement of 700. And obviously it's never happened. Well, I think D780 happened. Exactly. Mm. But I think it's safe to say that actually 750 was a 700 replacement. Even we didn't think of it as a time yeah for the kind of photography that d700 shooters were shooting i think yeah. the d750 was a great option if you wanted that higher resolution sensor yes the build quality wasn't quite as big but you know what it did the job absolutely and it was a uh, the best seller for quite a few years yes absolutely so anyway sad sad day if you have a d750 on order you will probably be contacted to upgrade to a d780 now because that would be the logical next step up but yes it is a shame Rest in peace, old friend. <laughs> uh, right. Next up, Nikon published an update on their software support for macOS Monterey and Windows 11. Mm -hmm. Essentially, they said that Nikon cannot guarantee the operation of 
any of their software until testing is completed. That includes Camera Control Pro 2, NX Studio, Picture Control Utility, it. Webcam Utility, you name it, it's on there. So essentially, they have not guaranteed that the software will fully work until they finish doing all their tests. That's actually quite a common thing. Usually when you get an OS update, any kind of operating system update, there will be that sort of transition period where apps and software has to catch up with the, with the new things. You might lose some compatibility. Unfortunately, they've also released a full list of uh, software that they're not planning to continue supporting. So if you want to check if your software is on that list, please do check the link in the podcast notes or in the YouTube description box. Absolutely. So, so something like Capture NXD is not supported. Uh, NX2 as well, well, but NX2 had troubles with Windows 10 as well. But basically, thank you, Nikon, for telling us that, yes, if you are a first adopter of the new software, there will be some compatibility issues. So I think it's kind of safe to say, isn't it? So, so you know, the Windows 11 will be released on 5th of October 2021, and Mac OS Monterey is expected this fall. Uh, autumn, as we call it over here. Absolutely. So as with everything, like even like when Apple released them one, mm -hmm. I would say wait at least for three to six months just to see where it goes. Because obviously we need to wait for all the software developers to update their softwares, like Adobe to upgrade Photoshop and all the other Beats Lightrooms, then Capture One, yes. et cetera, et cetera. But I think a lot of uh, bugs will be ironed out as well, so yeah. which is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Nikon and Unistella announced the new digital astronomical telescope camera EV Scope two. So we talked about Nikon and Unicellar announcing a strategic partnership. Yes, it's true. Back in the day, so a couple of weeks ago. So Unicellar basically is manufacturer of telescopes. Mm -hmm. So I assume that Nikon provided the glass for their telescopes. Sense. Absolutely. So the first baby of that partnership is the EV scope number two. Yeah, and it includes all kinds of things such as integrated intelligent image processing and light pollution reduction. Um, there's, It's got a Nikon designed eyepiece, which I like. They included mm. that the eyepiece is Nikon designed. So if you need a DK17, <laughs> give us a call. <laughs> um, it's 10 hours battery life. It comes with a transportation backpack. And apparently there's an app with 5,000 plus objects catalogued. Um, and there will be future updates for iOS and Android systems. So essentially... It's an all singing, all dancing. Absolutely. Scope. If you can't go to the moon with your GME stock, you can always go to the moon with a telescope. There you go. Hey, hey. Um, next up, Nikon School introduces a new live remote shooting course. So this is this is quite of of the now time, if you know what I mean. That's true. <laughs> so their school introduces this kind of one-of-a-kind shooting concept, so providing photography enthusiasts with the opportunity to take photographs alongside a Nikon School professional trainer from the comfort of their own home. That's pretty cool. So I assume then they will be able to take a shot at the Nikon studio yeah. with a press of the button on their laptop. Uh, as Presumably. How edgy is that? Yeah. So if you can't go to one of the workshops, then this is an option for you to be able to take photos on a location that you can't actually be at. Very interesting. And then obviously, remember we talked about NX Studio mm -hmm. and... The ones of the features that they've designed for NX Studio is the remote shooting yeah. for Olympics, where you can control several cameras true. without actually being present there. So it could be from the comfort of your home <laughs> or something, you know. Yeah. So I th that it is very interesting. I personally think that, well, I would never use it, but I just want to know how to do that. Yeah, then you should do Nikon School's course. Absolutely. Yeah. I will give Richie a call. <laughs> Nikon Small World announces the winners of the 47th 
annual photo competition. Ooh. Remember we announced that there was going to be a photo competition? That's true. Yeah, so now they've announced the winners. So you know when they say it's a small world, yeah. now I know what it is. Yes, it's, you can go and have a, a look. It's not like the people know each other and they meet randomly. No, it's the small world. It's these tiny, tiny little creatures, micro, micro photography Micrography. Yeah, they are yes, everywhere. They, they are, are on our skin and we just can't see them. That's right. First place has been awarded to Jason Kirk for uh, what's called trichome white appendages and mm -hmm. stomata purple pores on a southern live oak leaf. Did you say tomato? No, but that's fine. <laughs> but you can leave a comment in the description below. <laughs> yeah, so this has been uh, shot with image stacking. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And so with a magnification of 60 times, do have a look if you're interested in seeing all of the competition winners, the finalists. There are some pretty amazing shots out there. I would never have guessed that that was a picture on of, a, you know, a living organism on. An That's ocean. true. That's true. I thought it was some fancy drawing or something. Yeah. All right. Next one up. Wall Street Journal published a second article about Nikon, which is called Lighting the Way to Sustainable Future. Very nice. So, faced with dual challenges of global pandemic and a dramatically changing business environment, Nikon representative, director and president Toshikazu Umatate shares his plans for sustainable future. A uh, very important subject and nice that the Wall Street Journal are giving Nikon coverage on that. Absolutely. I think, again, as we talk about finances and other things, yes, it's not about the cameras and lenses and specifications, but it's more about the vision. Mm. And it's good to know what the vision of the company that you like is. Yeah. Because then, you know, well, they're good guys. That's right. You know. Supporting people that are doing good. Absolutely. All right, let's get to the third party news. Voigtlander released a 28mm 2.8 SL Mark II S aspherical lens for Nikon F mounts. So it's a manual focus lens. Mm -hmm. um, it's 2.8, seven elements in six groups. Looks beautiful. Comes in two versions, one in silver and black. Yeah. And of course, you can use it on your DSLR, Nikon DSLR, and also on your Z camera, well, FTZ adapter. I like it, the fact that it has a built-in CPU. That's true. Yeah. So that means your camera will recognize the aperture of the lens and will record those settings, so there's no need to create a profile for it. That's right. And then it's also got rabbit ears. Therefore, you can attach it to some older cameras like Nikon F2. And Nikon F. Exactly. Nice. TechArt released a new TZ-E02 Sony E-Lens Nikon Z mount adapter, which is interesting. So this is a third-party brand, TechArt. They've released this adapter, which is an improved version over their previous model. Mm -hmm. Stabilization is now possible also with manual focus lenses. And it means that you can use your Nikon Z camera, but not the ZFC and the Z50, apparently, mm -hmm. um, with your Sony E-Lenses. All right. And Megadap also recently announced ETZ2, Sony to Nikon Z or to autofocus adapter. So that one should allow you to focus your Sony e-lenses, to autofocus your Sony e-lenses on Z cameras. So that's what a lot of viewers told us last week. Remember when we discussed yeah. uh, FTZ Mark II? When we were a bit confused. And that can also be attached to an APS-C format lens uh, camera. Lens. That's true. The problem with this, I see, it's not exactly that if Sony e-lenses cannot focus on the FTZ camera, yeah. it doesn't mean that FTZ Mark II will use the same technology. Obviously, no. the lens is a completely different mount and different design, so it could be a lot easier. Maybe it doesn't need a screw 
drive Autofox motor inside. So I wouldn't compare them, you know, identically. So I'd see, it seems like that FTZ Mark II may have a different solution for autofocus on uh, D lenses. Yeah, but I mean, it gives us hope that it is possible. Absolutely. Those things have been done before. So hopefully Nikon will be up for the challenge. Yeah. For your reviews this week, don't forget that Rishi has just uploaded that 40mm f2 Z lens review. That's well worth having a look at. We also have a review by uh, Richard Wong on YouTube. He reviewed the Viltrox AF 35mm f1.8 Z mm -hmm. lens. Which is autofocus lens. Mm, which we talked about a few weeks ago. So that one's another one. Uh, worth having a look at for your weekend read and watch. And there's another article that we recommend you as well. It is called All Photographers and Videographers Should Charge This. And it's published on F-Stoppers and it's written by Valid Azami. He talks about charging a production fee, which should include your rent, your expenses effectively, your equipment, mm. etc., etc. I've read the article. It's very interesting because, yeah, they call it production fee. I think in the UK, we kind of assume that whatever rate you charge should include all this. Mm. He suggests to put it as a production fee. It is up for debate. I think, yeah. of course, you should be able to have, you know, your fee should include the price of your equipment, the price of your work per hour. <laughs> yes. All those things you're getting yeah. clean. I think... <laughs> And now I can hear so much better than before. Yes, <laughs> Anyway, that one's worth uh, having a little read of over the yeah. weekend. Just just to take it into account, if you're considering charging for your services, as you should if you are yeah. a professional, semi-professional photographer, um, then those things are perhaps expenses that you may not have considered. Absolutely. Don't sell yourself cheap. Make sure that whatever you charge includes all your expenses, down to your subscriptions to the software, a cost of the filter or a lens cap. Yeah. And of course, what your pay is per hour directly to you. Yeah, don't forget to actually have your hourly rate so that it's not just all going on. Expensive. Exactly. We need to eat, we need to leave, we need to pay our bills as well. Precisely. Um, and last up, do check out our vlog from the photography show if you haven't seen it by the time this goes live, which you won't have. So... <laughs> Watch that on the weekend too. Absolutely. And we will see you on Friday. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. Hopefully you'll have a bit more news next week, but I think it's a, an aftermath and handover of the photography show. So, Very much so. we're going to hibernate for a week and come back to you with some fresh news next week as well. We're not hibernating at all. We've got like loads of shoots this That's week. true. We are going to uh, Offspin of Chelsea um, Flower Show. Belgravia in Bloom. Oh, yes. Mm, Coffee London. Coffee London Festival because... Photography and coffee. Go hand in hand. Exactly. They're related. We don't know how, but they are. Cheers for that. I'm going to wear my all I need is coffee and my camera shirt, I think. I'm just going to wear a beanie <laughs> and I think I'm going to shave the beard, but leave the mustache. Oh, good idea. I will not be seen in public with you. Exactly. You because that. we're going to Brick Lane. You know, you yeah. you got to be a part of the environment. You've got to blend so, in with, exactly. the, with the locals. And do some documentary photography with a 28 pancake. If, if we could, that would be great. That would be nice. So, yeah, so we've got a busy week ahead. We will Absolutely. not be hibernating at all, but hopefully we'll be back with some more news. Thank you very much for watching and or listening. Please give us a like and a subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and uh, perhaps a follow in a review. Absolutely. And if you want to spend more time with Becky, you can find her on? Uh, on Instagram at Rebecca underscore Danese. And you? I'm there as well at Konstantin Kochkin. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.